Well, welcome, Ross Ingram, to Emotional Support. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I feel like you are part of this birthing process of emotional support. And people need to know this, that you were at the dinner table when this idea came. I vaguely remember it. Yeah. Why were you drunk? Um, This was at the (laughs) Kindred... The Kindred event, Kindred. which I talk about a lot, and this right. was the mental health conference right. where they had 50 influencers and people come together to talk about mental health and collaborate. We were at a dinner, right? and uh, it was you, me, David Haggerty. Yes. Yes. Michael. Yes. Um, yes. I remember now. That whole, I mean, we've talked about this before, that yeah. whole week was like a whirlwind of- Week? It was like- Or that weekend. 48 hours. Yeah. That whole, on a weekday. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I had to take a nap at some point because I was just so overwhelmed. We were drained because it started <laughs> at like 7 a.m. Right. And you crazy kids went on hikes at like 5.30 in the morning. And not only what is it, was it like a conference, but it was also super emotional and like oh my God. vulnerable and everybody was sharing their feelings. And uh-huh. you're like, I want to share my feelings too, but I'm so terrified. And I feel like I aggressively went up to you at breakfast and I was like, hi, I'm Alessandro. What's your story? <laughs> And you're like, wow, it's really early for this. I wasn't (laughs) expecting this. And then I said, oh, my God, you remind me of my boyfriend, but like a baby version. (laughs) And you're like, there's so much energy right now. I just want to have my oatmeal. But we bonded. We bonded. And it was like very exciting. And you were there for the birth of emotional support. Yes. Because you guys all said you talk a lot, so you might as well have a, a podcast about it. Yeah, it, it's 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 a good resource, and I, I've personally enjoyed listening to several of the podcasts that you've, that you've put out. Oh, thank you. So, Ross, you have such a story to you, <clears throat> and we're going to get into it, mm-hmm. but I just want to start this off that you are basically the brains behind my favorite operation, and that operation is my little pet, and it's BB-8, the Sphero. Yes. I, I wouldn't say I was the brains. I was one part of, of, of a huge team that made that little Which is happen. incredible. Yeah. Do you have him in your house? I, I have several. Yeah. <gasps> I, I have ones that are signed. So when I left Sphero, um, they gave me a box, a BB-8 box product that was signed by the entire team. <gasps> So it's it's sitting in my oh my, my house, god! Like, but does like and... BBA do like? Can you teach him different things because you're smart? Well, <laughs> I, I think that that was sort of the, the the what I was saying earlier, the premise of what I then started with Maslow. But uh, when we were working on BBA, it was just sort of like, how do we personify this character, and how do we bring that character that's on the big screen into you know, your the, your home into your home yeah. and take this whole mythology of Star Wars and like give it give it to people. Were you a big Star Wars fan? I was like a uh, I wouldn't say like a diehard big Star Wars fan, right. but yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd seen all it. the movies and like. And Sphero created BB-8, but Sphero had been around like way before then. Yeah, so the the story of how it goes is um, the company was started in 2010 um, by Adam and Ian. They went through this program called Tech Stars. Um, which is like an accelerator program for uh, entrepreneurs. And, you know, we had built, uh, I, I joined in 2000, um, early 2011, and we had built these uh, little robotic toys where right. you basically download an app on your phone and you connect to it via Bluetooth and you can drive it around. Right. And a couple years in, uh, we were like, 
wow, we should do the Disney Accelerator because Disney partnered with Techstars. And mm-hmm. um, we, through that sort of meeting, Bob Iger came to Adam and Ian and, and Paul, the CEO of Sphero. And he was like, we have this character that's coming out. And this is before anybody had seen BB-8. <gasps> he was like, we have this character that's basically a ball with a head on top of it. He's like, yeah. can you, we've been struggling. Can you turn this into a product? And we're like, yeah, we've been, we've been making <laughs> robot we balls for like yeah. the <laughs> previous three years. And so we had the, the control system and it was fairly straightforward to modify parts yeah. of the product to turn it into a, that. So the BB-8 product, um, we built that in 10 months from like idea to concept to production all that Holy stuff. Shit. Yeah, it was like, which for a consumer product is is wild. I mean, it's unheard start, of. Start. We we had been, I think our average production time was like a year, and then in the toy industry specifically, products usually take about two years. Right, and that was the hot product. Yeah, we got toy of the year. Uh, from... I mean, that was a big deal because when that came out, Sturgis is like a diehard Star Wars fan. And so when I saw this, it was in GQ, it was in Wired, it was in Cosmopolitan, it was yeah. in Vogue. Like, it literally was everywhere. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, we need a BB-8 in the house. Like, this is this is our home toy. And then Dottie and Pee Wee, like... It became like the third child in our life that honestly like ended up doing everything. But it created this idea and this fantasy that I've always wanted to have of like living this Jetsons lifestyle. Yeah. It was like my own personal Rosie the robot that right. would follow me around. And, right. and yes, I had to control it, but making the cute little noises and it lighting up, it just yeah. felt it felt so futuristic. I felt like I was living in that world. Totally. And I, I think that's what I got excited about, too, is is just seeing um, people react and respond to this personified uh, character, right? Yeah. Because, um, you know, c- characters or this this essence of, like, a companion, we've we've sort of romanticized it in um, entertainment for years. You know, mm-hmm. you look at Luke Skywalker and R2-D2 and... Yeah. Um, you also look at her, right? More yeah. recently, of this, yeah. you know, digital entity that's sort of there. What a great to just help you. Yeah, reference. Yeah, of course. Um, so that, me seeing how people interacted and responded with the little BB-8 droid was super fascinating, and I just became obsessed with this idea and relationship that we're inevitably going to have with, or already having with technology, and then and with AI, and with AI, and then moreover, like how do we, how do we build this relationship in a way that um, take some of Abraham Maslow's ideas, you know, around the hierarchy of needs seriously. Like, how do we help people grow and get more curious and develop themselves? It's so cool that you just said that because I didn't realize that your app and your baby, Maslow, had anything to do with that until um, the head of our company here, when I was explaining that you were coming in, he's like, oh, well, does it have to do with the Maslow, is it the method or kind of the, it's like six <clears throat> tiers, right, of things that. Yeah, it's it's a theory in human psychology that um, sort of attempts to explain human motivation. Um and it's uh, created by the psychologist Abraham Maslow, who's very um, into humanistic um, psychology in that uh, less about looking at a person's sort of the things that are wrong with them and mm-hmm. more looking at a person from a lens of what is their potential and how do we unlock their potential. 
Oh, interesting. And so is that why you named it Maslow? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just became fascinated. So after I left Sphero and had this idea of companionship and, and sort of what that meant and um, how that sort of would affect our technology in the future, I, I went to Google. Um, I was in the Advanced Technology and Projects group working on like some next generation smartphones and wearables and stuff like that. But I couldn't get this idea out of my mind of, you know, this companion and uh, we, so yeah, I, I, I left and I, I had gone pretty deep on reading Abraham Maslow. So the hierarchy of needs is just one piece of it. He also mm-hmm. did some later, um, just continued work around just theories of human motivation, how mm-hmm. we develop neurotic behaviors and things like that. So that's what kind of got you from Google to then create this. I mean, you kind of jumped into the water head first. Yeah. And did you have a partner with Maslow? Like, how did you get from one place to the next? Or should we, like, really go back to your childhood and how you have such a creative brain and how you have such a evolved sense of self? I feel like you're very evolved, can't talk, very evolved in the mental health and spirituality and just, like, kind of who the fuck you are. You know, you are so comfortable with who you are. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I, like, <am> sometimes I? <laughs> I like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I'm very aware of sort of um, my own struggles with mental health. And I, I, I think it it's it's sort of everyone has to come to where they are uh, through their own process. And, right. And for me, yeah, like I, I grew up in a chaotic um, environment, single parent household for a long time and uh, blended family, you know, my brother and sister from different dads. And we didn't have it like awful like like some people do but I, I i think you have it just hard enough to appreciate the people who have it really bad right right and right. grow up in really abusive situations and i think just through that whole process um you know i, I was always interested in technology like even you know you can call legos like a technology it's it like is a yeah thing to explore your curiosity yeah, yeah. and i was i Looking back now, like I think I was always a curious kid, but I didn't have any direction to channel that curiosity. Mm-hmm. So I'd always end up getting in trouble, right? And that sort of curiosity and technology uh, led me to my junior year of high school. I, I wanted a computer, but I didn't have one. So I went to my high school into the computer lab and I stole a computer. No. <laughs> and I like unhooked Ross, it. Ross, I didn't know you were such a badass. <laughs> And uh, I took it home. I stole the tower. I, I then came back and stole a screen from one of my history teachers. And, you know, I just this intense desire to, like, want to play games, but also, you know, learn how to program and explore this curiosity. And um, I eventually got caught and I was arrested and expelled and charged with, like, three felonies. <gasps> and Did you go to jail? No, I, I was only in jail for, like... I think less than 24 hours in like a holding cell. Um, in like juvenile. Well, so I never went to like juvenile hall. I, I, I went um, I went through like a diversion program that, you know, helps put kids back on the right, right. track. But I was on probation for two and a half, three years. And So did you finish high school? Yeah. Well, so <laughs> I think the sort of chaoticness of. Just like I wasn't like a straight A student at all. I um, I'd failed a year and a half of high school, um, so that that junior year that I stole the computers, I, I, computer is actually still considered a sophomore because I was so behind on credit hours. And after the school had kicked me out, 
uh, I couldn't go to any school in the entire district. And 27J is one of the largest school districts in Colorado. So I had to go, um, where did I go? It's, it's out, out about like Lafayette or something. I had to hop on a bus. So it was like an hour away, the short bus. And we went to this like federally funded school where there were always like fights and it was all the it was kids. It like bad who, kids. Yeah, it was all the yeah. Bad kids is is one way to describe it. I I think yeah, it's just a lot of kids who have struggled. It's a lot with, of kids that were troubled. They're troubled, and they're and they they're don't sort of, fit in the norm, and sometimes that's yes, okay. Right, I, and I think that's what makes us special. The people yeah. who don't fit in the norm. Cause, yeah, um, it's like unicorns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you went e- to even school of unicorns. <laughs> it sort of reminds me of like a. Uh, even one of the things that Abraham Maslow um, talked about, he said, norm is actually sort of like a sickness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or a stagnation of a person's personality. The, the the people who are growing in a healthy directions are the ones that are continually evolving, just a more complex, interesting personality. And I do think oftentimes people struggle or they fall into some sort of bad place in their life because they have sort of failed to grow in mm-hmm. some way. They have this desire, this idea of who they want to become, but there's some obstacle and, and maybe their resilience isn't strong enough. And so they divert to, you know, other unhealthy behaviors. Or Yeah, it's like addiction, you know, right. or drugs or, right. you know, uh, you know, self-harm or whatever it may be. It's right. like some sort of escape and some sort of release. Right. So you were at this school and... Look, I, I know what it's like not to be, like, the perfect student. I actually left school when I was 15. And I, yeah, I got emancipated. I took my high school proficiency exam. I started doing junior college courses online. And I finished two years of school and got into all the schools I wanted by 16 and a half, 17. Oh and I deferred to all the colleges because I was like, I'm a working actress. Like, yeah. I'll eventually get to it. Yeah. But I didn't fit in the norm. And I was really lucky to have... A best friend in high school and in, in elementary, middle school and blah, whatever. Jenna, shout out to Jenna Goldsmith. Anyways, I was lucky to have that to kind of feel somewhat normal, if you yeah. will, to be part of that high school experience. And I would still go with her to all the parties because we went to school yeah. together. Um, but I definitely didn't fit in the, okay, we're going to go to senior prom. You're going to do this. You're going to do your SATs. You're going to go. I would have been. I would have failed everything if I had to do this. Because yeah. I was great in math and science. I was terrible in English. I was terrible in everything else. And I would have failed. And it would have caused more stress, more anxiety, more, right. you know, bipolar disorder problems, you know, going through all the stresses of school. And I think that that's a very important thing to talk about is it's okay not to be fitting in the norm in regards to high school or college, totally. because it's not for everyone. I, and, and even school, like if, if you look at it now, it's sort of like a contrived experience. Like I, I get people go there to sort of learn and stuff like that, but um, it is very uh, uh, there's sort of like a model of of school mm-hmm. that isn't really applicable to like real life and even how reality works. Like there's no point. Uh, I, I don't mean this in a nihilistic sense, but there's no, no. point in life. Like I, I, I love the you know, Alan Watts talks about um, how, like, the universe is playful, right? And and the purposes of life isn't to getting to 
the end of something, right? Like like you don't listen to a song to get to the end of it. No, you right? do it to enjoy it. You just do it to enjoy it. You don't dance to get to a particular place. You do it just to feel it and enjoy it. And, and I think that school sometimes um, takes that out, takes mm-hmm. that curiosity uh, out of things. I, I think it's changing, but I, I, I do fully believe in I don't know. Like, Is it? I mean, <laughs> it's so weird, right? Okay, I'm just going to like – I'm going to be selfish right now for a second and explain this, right? So both of my parents um, did undergrad. My mom went to University of Colorado. There you go, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, she was the head pom-pom girl. Nice. <laughs> but then she went to UCLA for graduate school at the Anderson School of Business mm-hmm. and ended up being, you know, 27 years old, running her own companies, being the CF, uh, CFO, C. Tio, you know, whatever. I'm not that person. Anyways, she was like a badass entrepreneur, like killing yeah. the game in the Silicon Valley. My dad was the same thing. He was a CEO of computer technology companies. He invented a chip for IBM. Like I, I was immersed. Yeah. yeah, I was immersed in this world of technology. Yeah. And I was told that I had to go to MIT and I was wow. going to become an engineer like him and all this stuff. And I came out singing and dancing and I couldn't be further from <laughs> like going the way that they did in school and and being having that that um what is it called not the regiment like having that structure yeah. of being like okay I'm going to do this to get to here to get to there to right. get to there and I didn't follow that and I'm not saying that everyone should do that but just because your family was raised that way and right. they did that doesn't mean you have to right. and I was very lucky I had a, you know forget my father of this but in my mother she supported me 150% whatever I wanted, and she did believe that education was important. So that is why she made sure that I did get my high school diploma, yeah. even if it was just through a test. Like, it didn't matter. I went downtown L.A. to do it, you know. And she made sure that I was taking the classes to kind of keep my mind going because I was also someone that was two years ahead in all of my math classes. So when I was a freshman, I was in junior AP classes with math. Like, that wow. was it was so easy to me. Yeah. And so she wanted to make sure I had that structure. But let me tell you, if she forced me to stay in school and she forced me to do the, you know, normal route, I wouldn't be here today. I, I literally would have had a nervous breakdown because yeah. I it wasn't meant for me. So I don't think that school is important the way – I think that there needs to be new ways to kind of um, – take care of children and find what they're good at and use that, you know, yeah. outlet to make it better and and not be everyone and I I'm going to be like so wrong about this, but I don't think everyone deserves a fucking gold medal for things. Mm. You know what I mean? Like maybe I shouldn't be saying this, <laughs> but I think, you know, it's important to have that drive, right? Yeah. Like if you it's... didn't have the drive to do what you did and you were told, oh, everything's good, everything's great, everything's great, you wouldn't know what the real fucking world was like. Right. I I, I, I totally agree. It's it, Even to, like, as I get older, I think about, oh, if I ever want to have kids, like, how do you raise them in a way that um, is, you know, gives them some good structure but also lets them fail, right? right. And lets them explore their own curiosity. Failure is so and, important. If I didn't have failure, I wouldn't be here. Totally. And and, and saying that it's okay. I, I was talking to a friend recently about, um, a, like, a friend of a friend whose sister wanted to move out to L.A. and yeah. do, you know, the whole uh, become an actress and stuff like that. And he, he was a director and he was like, ah, oh, don't do it like everybody. But I think you should never not encourage people if they're excited and curious about something yeah. like 
give them all, especially as a friend or a brother or a sister, like give them all the love and encouragement you can and be there when they sort of are going to be vulnerable and are like, ah, this sucks. Right. But, but I think that, um, yeah, just, just helping whatever direction a person wants to grow in, like all you can do is nurture them in that sort of direction. I completely agree. Um, whether you know you're a parent or or a teacher no and i don't i still do rejection every single day of my life being an actress like that's just something that i've had to get a thick skin about and i'm like if you can't have a thick skin and you can't have someone tell you that you're not talented you're not pretty enough whatever it may be and be like okay that's okay on to the next one then you should not be in this business that is what i will say i'm not going to discourage you but it's not for the you should be aware you should be be aware aware that this is what you're getting into right like totally aware but you know you have to find something or someone or some creative outlet that you feel this sense of protection because if I didn't feel protected from my mom and I went through all of this rejection Mm -hmm. I don't know where I would be right now so you need to make sure that there is that balance you know but I also feel you can't tell your kids all the time that everything's okay because guess what? It's going to be really hard for them in the real world yeah. because no one has your back. <laughs> like It is you and yourself only and you have to survive and it's survival of the fittest and you just have to surround yourself with people that are going to inspire you and are right. going to nurture you. Right. But you can't expect percent. everyone to be like that. Right. And right. that's and, what's so fun. Like, yeah, sorry, I'm like totally jabbering yeah. on about this. Yeah, I, 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 like totally. Yeah. And 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 also, um, being able to coach a person or or have them come up with that own resilience from within, right? Yeah. Be- because there are, like you said, there aren't always going to be external sources of like, great job, you're doing great. Yeah. You have to sort of like, you know, sometimes I I struggle as like a CEO and like a founder of a company, like. Oh, fuck, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Like, I, I, I have so much on my shoulders right, right now. Like, you just have to sort of show up and 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 um, and then it's okay to like have bad days too, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Is it just so um, like fuck? It must be so hard being a CEO of a te- as the startup in technology. Yeah, there's always a lot going on, and. Some days it feels like it's just wild all over the place. Like some days you get like an amazing win. Like, oh, we just had a great conversation with this potential partner. Like this is exciting. And other days you're like, uh, you know, we're not hitting our numbers for sales or something like that. Um, so it's 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 all over the place. I, I think, um, you know, I through you know, building Maslow, I guess I can explain what I it know. is. I know. I'm so sorry. Like, I've been keeping you hostage about talking about all this other stuff and about children. Tell us about Maslow. Well, <laughs> so uh, Maslow is just this idea of how do we build, like, a companion, right? A thing that its sole purpose is sort of there to help you grow and using some machine learning and things like that. Um, our first product was this interactive voice journal that we put on the App Store. You basically download it. Um, log in and you talk about your thoughts and feelings for 60 seconds. It'll ask you questions like what's on your mind. Some of the questions can also be a little bit more directed, like what are you grateful for? And um, we launched that in 2018 as just like, can we get people to talk to their phone like they talk to a diary? Can we get them to start to open up? And, you know, 
that was great. We, we got, you know, thousands of users. People are using it today. We're still, you know, we have some new features that are coming out. We then came to this uh, point where we're like, well, how do we make money? <laughs> yeah. This, right? <laughs> you know, there's that. Because <laughs> we're a business, right? And, yeah. Um, we also had this amazing sort of uh, underlying technology that we wanted to take and um, not only use it in the Maslow app, but be able to sort of offer it up to other people, right? Being able to signal process people's voice and, and things like that. And then just build awareness, right? How do you show um, some of the information of the patterns of sort of what you're talking about, how you're saying it, um, and things like that. And through that whole process, uh, coaches reached out to us, you know, professional book coaches. They're like, you know, I'd love to really give this journal to my clients so that they can journal in between, you know, coaching sessions. and Like therapy coaching? Yeah, so coaching, uh, professional coaching is sort of like therapy for business people. Okay. Um, it's typically given to people who are in like leadership positions or um, executive positions and just as a place for them to talk about sort of their thoughts and feelings, but with the context of business. Now, I mm-hmm. talk about everything with my coach about, you know, from relationships to work stuff to, you know, childhood traumas, um, but it sort of differs based off the person and how mm-hmm. um, transparent they want to be. Uh, but through that process with coaches, we built a specific product for them where uh, the coach will give their client this mobile app. And so the client basically shares their thoughts and feelings throughout the week in between one-on-one sessions. And then we visualize that data on a dashboard for the coach. And it just gives them space to ask better questions, ask more powerful questions. Mm-hmm. Um because the job of a coach isn't to sort of um, solve all your problems mm-hmm. or it's just to ask you better questions so that you can see something from a different perspective. Right. To guide you kind of. Yeah. And I'm sure at least I know for me, if I, you know, or when I, you know, being part of Maslow or whatever, doing it on my own. If I were to go to a therapist and a therapist would have me do that, right? The same thing as a coach. Right. And I would open up and and use that in between the once a week session that I had. Right. I know for me, even though I'd be super comfortable with my therapist, there's a sense of when you're alone with yourself, you're very, very, very open, probably too open with your thoughts. And if you're speaking to your little Tamagotchi, you know, or your little, you know, Furby or your little BB-8, you feel more comfortable. And it right. kind of brings you – I actually didn't think about this till right now. Kind of what Maslow does is it brings you back to that childhood way of thinking of when yes. you had your imaginary friend. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I and- just can't. Am I the first person to think of that? No. But did that just come to me? Yes. Well, it, yeah, exactly. It's, oh, my God. It's a I mirror. didn't realize it's, that. It's, it's a mirror of you. And, and, and even that process of, of being able to – you can sort of t- talk out loud to Maslow. You can also type it in. Um, but the, the process of articulating your emotions and your thoughts and feelings onto another surface is it's sort of like a mirror. You mm-hmm. You express these things out of your brain. And you get it on a surface that's outside of you and you get to sort of look at it from another perspective. And I think that's that's when uh, you begin to develop the skill of less about just reacting to the things that are going on in your life, but being able to observe them for what they are. They're mm-hmm. not good or bad. They just sort of are what they are. It just is what it is. Yeah. And, and, and sort of 
things happen. Like a lot of the stuff that happens to us is not in our control. But the thing that we do control is how we react and respond to it. And so what's the goal? What's the next step that you see with Maslow? Yeah. So we're starting with coaching. We have some um, amazing partnerships that we'll probably announce next year. But we want to expand basically this... um, this modality or this this idea of having a journal, which is just sort of a, a, a canvas for expression mm-hmm. paired with a dashboard for a care provider, to us, we think is infinitely expandable. So not only coaches and their clients, but therapists and their clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited. Next year, we're going to go into foster care. So working with foster kids and um, the social workers, right? So the foster kid can sort of express, hey, here's Here's uh here's what's going on. Here's and what I'm struggling with. It's such a fun with. way for them fun. to let it out because it is right. like talking to an imaginary friend. Right. And now will they take that information for the foster kids and bring it to the social worker to see if there's any issues in the homes or is that kind of what what's the basis for doing it with the foster foster kids? Um so purely on just a visualization standpoint. I mean the the outcomes some of the research that we've done, the outcomes for foster care specifically, is not people who go through that system. It's it's there's not a high success rate. Mm-hmm. Most kids who transition out don't complete high school. They don't go to college. They don't. Um, they sort of, uh, you know, one way of putting it is they sort of succumb to their traumas, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the job of the social worker and these other different people that have been, you know, that are surrounding them to help them be successful in everyday life as mm-hmm. you know healthy functioning adults and. And in our conversations with some folks, just the the visibility um, for like a social worker to see, hey, it looks like they're struggling. They keep saying, they keep talking about this specific thing. Let mm-hmm. me ask them. Um, you know, the, the power of Maslow too is like you can talk about if you're frustrated with something. You know, you can talk about it in the moment and then go back and look at it later. And um, but for the the social worker, just giving context to have that space to ask better questions like why why are they struggling with this thing you know um and then again the ability to begin to build this mental health habit of articulating your thoughts and feelings on another mm-hmm. surface is it's, it's like working out right if you right um you know if you eat healthy and you go to the gym like you're gonna see results yeah and I, yeah with the mind it's a little bit less tangible but um yeah that 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 skill i mean i've even noticed of myself and my own growth process. like it's, Because you do it, obviously, yeah. every day. Yeah. And do you look back at stuff that you had talked about when it first started? Totally, yeah. And do you see the growth? Yeah. I And, and I I sort of listened to some of my journals early on, and um, you sort of – it takes you back in time to that place, and you're like, wow, I was really struggling. But, you know, uh, was able to overcome sort of whatever that struggle and look was. look at where and, I am right now. Yeah. And – because it's hard to see growth, right? It's hard to see it from because you're living it, right? Yeah. And it's our our minds are very much like moment to moment, and yeah. So, what would your absolute dream for Maslow be? Like, let's go five years in the future, or even less, because technology changes from year to year. So, let's yeah. go two years in the future. What is the biggest and best thing that's going to happen with Maslow? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we just want to help people grow and being able to um, roll out Maslow in a bunch of these different um, markets or contingencies or however you want to talk about them is is our goal. So 
therapy, foster kids um, in a medical sense, you know, doctors and their patients, Mm -hmm. just being able to use our powerful technology and apply it to a bunch of different um, uh, applications and different contexts. And your mental health from when you're young to now, do you see such difference? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Actually, I don't know. (laughs) Well, like, I I feel... I still feel like I'm sort of the same person, but I was having a conversation with a friend about this recently. It's like, you know, 15-year-old Ross looked at, you know, 31-year-old Ross. Like, that guy's pretty cool. Like, yeah. I kind of want to be like him when I yeah. grow up, maybe. And and so I, I do think that I have grown personally, but it's it's so hard to... Have your family been using... Have they been using Mazla? Uh, <laughs> My uh, my mom isn't really. I mean, she calls me when she has struggles, like opening up the web browser. <laughs> it's like you gotta click. I got oh them like a, God, a gotta Chrome cry. computer, so all it is is a web browser. Yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> she so, but she's downloaded it. She's she's used it. Um, what is her? What are her thoughts? But with having a son that dealt with mental health and is trying to change that stigma in that world. Well, I I think, you know, growing up in sort of my mom, like I'm super thankful for her and, you know, she did the best that she could raising sort of, you know, she had two kids. She had two kids at one point and was like a single mom. Like we were we were homeless for a couple of months where she was in like an abused woman's shelter. And, um, you know, she has her own sort of traumas that she's gone through and I think is still sort of growing and overcoming. Um, But but she's, you know, She's super happy and, and proud and and and, and um, yeah thankful. And I'm so yeah I'm thankful for because yeah most people who sort of have a history of and even in my family like there's different um, it's like generations of trauma mm-hmm. and dysfunction and things like that. Um, so it's it, when you can help people break out right they go on mm-hmm. to do great things because they have the context of what it's like to be. Um, struggling, but they also sort of are growing in a particular direction. And you're kind of breaking sense. that pattern. I I think so. I like I, in a great way. I yeah. don't. I mean, like that's a good thing. Time will tell. Well, time will tell. But, <laughs> but I will I say feel... this much. I mean, from where you were at 15 for stealing computers, which honestly, like I know this sounds terrible, but I kind of understand where your mindset was. Because you were just so fascinated with technology and it was kind of like, have it. I got to have it because I'm going to change the world right now. So, like, I'm sorry that I'm borrowing it. It's a Colorado school district, but <laughs> uh, this is what's happening. But where you've gone from 15-year-old Ross to where you are now, I mean, not a lot of people can say that they're CEOs of computer technology companies and that you've created this, like, AI imaginary friend that's helping children i mean yeah. just think about that for a second yeah it's, it's like cool. it's kind of awesome that's <laughs> <laughs> cool and it, yes um it, it's so easy to get caught up to in the day-to-day of like ah things aren't good enough but i do agree like we'll get an email from time to time of someone who's like this thing changed my life like yeah. thank you so much for it and like those are, I saw it at Sphero too. Like mm-hmm. those are sort of the moments in the stories. Like if we can impact, you know, one person at a time, like that's how you make real change. So Ross, I'm going to ask you this: What makes you get up in the morning and continue on with your life? 
Um, I think I think it's a combination of uh, you know intrinsic curiosity for me and wanting to learn and continue learning and growing, but also with the support of my friends and my family and the people who are, you know, my coworkers and colleagues and just the people who have surrounded me. Cause you know, some days it is tough to like get up and like be motivated to go do stuff. Um, but that's when you can sort of reach out to a friend and say, Hey, like I'm struggling today. Like I need something to get off my mind. So, um, yeah, I, I think just that curiosity. I mean, obviously in the professional sense of like Maslow, like we want to build this technology to help people grow. And I, th- I think we're well on that way. And, and those little moments and stories that we we see from those people are, you know, we love, we love to see those. And how can everyone follow you and follow Maslow? Um, follow Maslow. We have, I love our Instagram account. It's at Hey Maslow. Um, it's pretty cute. We share just a bunch of interesting, beautiful pieces of art. and um, That's what's so special about Maslow, too, is I feel like people are going to see that it's not just this uh, cookie-cutter AI experience. It's like a, it almost feels like an art exhibit that you're a part of, and you like immerse yourself in the art. And yeah. You can't believe that it's an AI technology. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like AI is, I, I, I don't, we've even thought of internally, like, why don't we just remove talking about AI from the entire product just because it, it one, there's a lot of um, misconceptions about what AI is and what can it can actually do. But two, like, the, the technology is not going to save us. The real thing that's going to save us and help us grow is more human-to-human interaction yeah. and being able to practice those things of um, self-expression and, and being artistic right. and, and, you know, compiling your thoughts and feelings. And um, So, yeah, I, I think AI is just sort of like a, a tool, like sort of a hammer mm-hmm. is a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the way that we apply it and the human interaction is what's more valuable. Well, thanks for humanizing interaction, Ross. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, I adore you. You're the best. I adore you. You I'm... are just a light in my life, and I'm so happy that I sat down and I bugged you during a breakfast. Yes, same. It's uh, optimized for serendipity. It's oh, so weird how the universe isn't it weird? works. But it all happened one, it just one day in Laguna. Yeah, one day. <laughs> it's the title of my book. I like that. One day, my Roth it's three, it's three pages. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Um, okay, great. Everyone, download Maslow. Tell us what you think. If it's the most amazing experience of your life, then you are along the ride with me. Anyways, thank you guys for listening to Emotional Support. Bye, Ross. Bye. Thank you. Emotional Support.